0: Hello again, everyone. It is the Mike and Olson Too Good for Radio podcast. I think I think we're over twenty episodes now. Aren't can you really? believe? Can you believe that? Some, no, I don't. So, somehow they have not caught on yet that we're taking these studios Damn. and using them for our own means. Well, they're not being used for radio studios. Yes, that's true. So, what <laughs> might, well, might as well be using them for things yeah, too good right. for the radio. I am Mike Wimacher. I'm Johnny Molson. Hello. And uh, we always like a, a funny name story. And this particular study I find very interesting. There's a new study out there that finds that people really do look like their name. We, we talk about that from time to time, like, yeah. that guy looks like a Biff, or that guy mm-hmm. looks like a Charles, or whatever it may be. And so they did some science on this. They did a study. When observers are given a person's photograph and multiple choice name options, they choose the right name nearly 40% of the time, far above the 25% odds of correct random guessing. So, wow. so they will they will show a picture of someone and be like, "Here's your four choices: mm-hmm. John, Robert, Mike, and Mitch," and they'll they
1: forty percent of the time they usually get it. They usually get it correct. And isn't it strange when someone's name doesn't fit their face? And we hear that a lot too. It's like oh, that doesn't look like a Paul. Yes, yeah.
0: right. Well, I run into that a lot with the alter ego on the radio that I've had for years of the name Lars, yeah. when people come out and say, and that usually happens more with voice, but this is by your face, right. like what you look like, like you're, you look like your name. The researchers theorize that people often identify with the social labeling, labeling I should say, and expectations associated with their name, and their desire to conform becomes reflected in their facial appearance, mm-hmm. So what they're saying is you, you you strive to look like what your name is. Yeah. That's what they boil down to. Uh, they, the lead author explains, furthermore, we suggest this happens because of a process of self-fulfilling prophecy as we become what other people expect us to become because of our name. So if you
1: name a young girl Betty, she's going to be an old woman by the time she's 12, Right.
0: Well, maybe, but the opposite could be true. Maybe she's like Betty and Veronica from the Archies. Maybe she looks like that. But if you name your kid Gertrude, Gertrude. she's going to end up living with cats and sewing the yeah. rest of her life. Bertha will get fat. Berth, correct. There's no Bertha that is not going to be slim right. and slender. Not like, a, there's no, no Norwegian swim model. Bertha. There's no Instagram influencer <laughs> named Bertha on the uh-huh. internet. Mm-hmm. Uh, the effect was not affected by demographic factors. Predictors of different age and ethnicity displayed the same success rate. Uh, they said still there are limits to what researchers have labeled the Dorian Gray effect, named after the character. When predictors tried to guess the names of people in foreign nations, they were far less successful because of context, yeah, the names, the and everything context, else. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I just find it interesting that they're saying it's kind of twofold, mm-hmm. right? With the because of the multiple choice angle of it, but also we feel we have to live up to a certain name yeah. which is just weird to me but it may, but it does make sense that's why we need that name triumphant at hospitals because you are dooming your kids if you name them
1: something ridiculous how my grandfather luigi didn't become a plumber i'll never know
0: <laughs> or mario for that I mean. mario for that fact as well so it is interesting if you name your child peach they're going to be a princess i mean i guess that's what we go for they're going to dress that way
1: speaking of names uh and this this appears to be just by some of the wording here in in another country maybe a european country a young girl posts this on the internet about her own name okay uh, basically she hates her name and her parents are pissed at her for hating her name that's always a tough line to walk right but does she have a reason to hate her name okay lay it on me okay she had she said i had three older siblings john, julia and jess john and julia are twins Jess was about three years younger than them. Jess had a lot of medical issues when she was born and died two months before I was born. Oh, Oh, that's sad. Oh, no, please tell me she's not Jess, too. My parents were distraught and named me Jess after my older dead
0: sister. Oh, you can't do that. that. That 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 only works for dogs. Like my dad had Reggie and Reggie 2 because Reggie 1 got run over by a car. That's acceptable. You can you can name a dog Reggie 2. You can't yeah. name a person
1: Jess 2. I don't think so. Although some people brought up the the question of, you know, some people get named after their grandparents who are dead or, or maybe That's like a, somebody, generation a, a generational thing, right. We're talking we're talking sixty days.
0: So let me ask you this, right, in this particular situation. Okay. Someone outside the family who doesn't know that Jess One died, and you introduce, hey, here's my new daughter, Jess. Well, didn't you already have a daughter, Jess? Well, Jess One died. Here's Jess. Just... Try
1: explaining that to individuals. That's a fair question. Um, Being named after the dead daughter is just the start of my problems. My older siblings refuse to call me by that name. They call me by my middle name or just don't refer to me at all. Oh, boy. Um,
0: So so, so the new Jess is also dead to
1: them. (laughs) The original Jess is dead.
0: The new Jess also dead to the older siblings.
1: My parents are even weirder, they put photos of original Jess out on my birthday and look like they're about to cry whenever they say my name. They constantly bring up real Jess. If I, for example, get a bad grade, they will say Dead Jess wouldn't have gotten a bad grade. How old was
0: Dead Jess when Dead Jess died? Three.
1: How do they know how well How do they know
0: was? how smart Dead Jess would have been? I don't know. And why what are they doing putting dead Jess photos out on new Jess's birthday. I can understand putting dead Jess photos on dead Jess would have been birthday, but not on live Jess's birthday. This is all confusing to me right now. I need string theory. If I get sick, they'll say, you want to know about sick? You can't possibly be as oh, sick. Oh, no. No. <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that. You can't compare.
1: A few days ago, my mother found a letter from my old school where they used... Uh, the nickname, Anna, which is my middle name, uh, and my mother blew up. So I guess she goes to school, and they say, Jess, yeah, but call me Anna. And that's you know, I, I, Why I, wouldn't I you do it, that? If right?
0: you, of course if you Cause, would. Because what kid wants to explain that? Although I guess dead
1: Jess never made it to school, but right. still. Anyway. Uh, my mother blew Blew up. She called me ungrateful and said that I was ruining my sister's image and good name and destroying her soul or something. Then don't name me after my sister. And I blew up on her, too, explaining why I hated using the name Jess and how it was stupid naming me that, and I can't keep living in the shadow of a kid who died 17 years ago. So she's 20. No, no, she's, she's 17. She, yeah, she's like 16-ish okay, right gotcha. now. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um. My mom, dad, family, and friends—even my own friends—are telling me uh, that I'm the bad person here, and I shouldn't have gone off on her like that. But my siblings are saying I said what needed to be said, uh, and um,
0: yeah, John and, so, and Ju- what, John and
1: Julia, John and Julia.
0: Yeah, they should have helped out a little bit I earlier. Think so right when 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 mom comes home with new baby, and they say, "Here's your sister Jet." Now, granted, I don't know how much older those kids are, but shouldn't they go? Wait a second. How can this be, my sister Jess? When I my, I just laid my sister Jess to to rest. And Think I, of that for a moment. Jess I, to rest.
1: And I I don't know where this person is. Because uh, she refers to mom as mum a lot, okay, maybe a European thing. Uh, but there, you know, some people did point out that there there are some cultures where that's where that's customary to give the next kid on the you know the the dead kid's name, uh, which is a weird custom. That is weird. I mean, if it were the eighteen hundreds and you know you have twelve kids and three of them survive, I can see you maybe
0: <laughs> naming them over inter- and over again,
1: changing the names. and going well. you're well, just gonna have to yeah, or if you, you get. I'm like, out of names. I can't.
0: If you have as many kids as George Foreman did, you just name them all George, George. or Georgina and right. you're good to go. I just, pff, boy, this, this, I, I think she has, I think she has beef that's, that's, that's fine. I mean, I, I would be upset by that as well.
1: And are you honoring dead Jess? I mean, wouldn't dead Jess want to be her own Jess? That's what I'm saying. Like,
0: part of me thinks if dead Jess hadn't died, well, that didn't make any sense but you know what i'm saying if the original jess hadn't died would you have named would you have named the new kid
1: jess right i think i think in your faux pas there you just stumbled on something brilliant though is that new jess should say my name is jess but i go by dead jess <laughs> and i bet that would stop it right away it would yeah call me dead jess
0: flip the script be like i'm dead i'm actually the i'm actually dead jess and then the parents would throw their hands up and go, whoa, whoa, what's going on? Yeah, I just don't. It's just unfair. Yeah. It's, it's, it's unfair. And I understand in a moment of when you're going through grief, sometimes you're not thinking clearly. But once again, name Triumvirate, right? They should have stepped in. The hospital should have stepped in and be like, wait a second. Uh, you were just here a couple months ago with a dead Jess.
1: Uh, I don't think you should name this one Jess. It's think, legit beef. Yeah. Do you think the parents maybe felt like, you know, they didn't get... They didn't get all their warranty on first Jess, and said, "You know what? This the name hasn't been used yet. Yeah, I mean, thre- really, she was only three. Yeah, I haven't three. really gotten. Yeah, usually a, what have th- gotten my mileage out of Jess. I was yet. gonna say usually what three year thirty thousand mile yeah. warranty. So you're right. I mean, they didn't get the full use of that. But I mean, and so I, this next Jess comes along two months later and says, "Let's just uh, if, you know continue if, the Jess saga. If you're going to if you're going to name
0: them after the, the, the at least call them by the middle name, right? Right." That I think if you're going to do it in deference, that's fine. If you want to, it's still weird, but if you want to name them that, but call them by the middle name to continually compare them as well. You have this, like, unrealistic expectation of dead Jess, Mm -hmm. to your point of, like, well, Jess wouldn't have been this, or you want to talk about sick, blah, 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 blah. It's like,
1: how do you know? And they're obviously doing something here with John, Julia, Jess, they could have, you know, gotten a Jenny in there or a, Correct. A, a anything else.
0: A Genevieve, whatever. You could, sure, that's a G, but that's all right. I mean, it still sounds the same, but <laughs> J, J, G, whatever. I mean, you spell Jeff with a G, you can spell Genevieve with a J. Stop
1: trying to make yourself right, Donald <laughs> Trump. Shut up. <laughs> Jesus. Look at me hey, go. Jesus. They could have named <laughs> Jesus. That's exactly. That would have been much better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Jess, Jess, here's the thing. Jesus would have risen from the dead. That's right. So you wouldn't have to worry about yeah. that particular situation. So, yeah, I think that girl has legitimate beef. That's you. just a weird, okay. that's a weird, uh, that's a weird thing that the parents did. Speaking of weird things that people do, we have a story out of, was it uh, King's Island?
1: Uh, I believe. Cedar Point. In, Cedar uh, Point. In Cleveland, the Cleveland area. Um, the
0: Sandusky, Ohio is where Cedar Point is, right? I thought yep. it was King's Island, though, that this Kings took I- place. No,
1: no, no. No, it's, it's okay. An, it's at, was at Cedar
0: Point. Look at me trumping things again. I'm pretty sure it was Cedar Point. No, no. I'm pretty sure it's Kings Island, it's I should very little say.
1: little difference between Cleveland <laughs> and Cincinnati. They're both seas. Uh, I don't care. I drew a magic marker line between the two. They're now one city.
0: Look at this. This front is going to hit right
1: here. <laughs> but no, continue. So it was Cedar Point. So at Cedar Point, on the giant wheel... All right. One of those huge like that they have up at Navy Pier just yeah, the big, big, big Ferris wheel things. What is your
0: thoughts on Ferris wheels before we go any further? Is it is it a is it one you enjoy or is it something you feel like you have to do or what what's your thoughts on the Ferris wheel?
1: Relaxing. When you got to take a break. Yeah, I think you're right.
0: It, it, it's nice to get a bird's eye view, and it's, it's usually really a little
1: cooler up there.
0: Yeah, you need a little break from all the thrill rides. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with it. You get a nice little, however, 15, 10, 50 depending on the size of the Ferris
1: wheel, a nice little jaunt. So that's not what happened for these two women and their two younger kids uh, who were on the Ferris wheel, and they notice something funny going on in the next car.
0: All right, if the, uh, the Ferris wheel car is a-rockin', don't come a-knockin'? Exactly. Possibly? Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, apparently, there was a couple having sex on the Ferris wheel.
0: Doing the old hibbity-dibbity, doing up and down while going up and down. David Davis and Heather Johnson. Of course, it's Heather yeah. Johnson. Um, and by and the way, as we go back to names, David Davis, seriously.
1: Yeah. Hi, I'm Dave Davis. Not shut fair. up! Not fair! You're, you're you're basically cursing him to a life of having sex on a Ferris wheel.
0: Pretty much, double D over here, Dave Davis, doing some <laughs> doing
1: some work on the Ferris wheel. Anyway, so continue. Um, I uh, and so this is from the police report. Police report. Uh, police officer says I asked them if they were having intercourse on the ride, and they said no. Heather said I had shorts on under my dress I dropped my cigarettes I <laughs> bent over to pick them up and David Davis helped me That's okay. all Okay
0: Let me just say that is too stereotypical for the type of people that would be doing sex right. on a on a, a giant Ferris wheel of I dropped my cigarettes yeah. <laughs> We, Why are your cigarettes making an appearance inside the theme park? It's not carte blanche to go ahead and smoke them while you got them while you're up in the, in the Ferris wheel.
1: And going back to our first story, you now know what David and Heather look like, right? You can now get a very clear picture. <laughs>
0: yes. If you showed the mugshot and be like, we're going to throw four mugshots up here. Who are the people that had sex in the Ferris wheel? Yeah. You immediately know right away.
1: Oh, there's there's Dave and Heather. Yeah.
0: The prob- wheel sex they're, they're,
1: they're, they're probably at the State Fair right now. Um, so she said I had shorts on and I dropped my cigarettes. And
0: David being such the nice gentleman he is oh David Davis helped me pick up my cigarettes.
1: So the officer then talked to the witnesses officer says when I asked the girls what happened uh, one of the girls spoke up and said she th- saw the adults in the cart above and these are these like gondola type. Yeah they're it, bigger because it's, it's
0: giant but yeah Yeah yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. try to do that in just like the right. bucket seat one not going to work um, I asked the girl what happened, and uh, she spoke up and stated she saw the adults in the cart above having sex. She saw the woman on her hands and knees and saw the man behind her. Uh, <laughs> at least, hey, to their credit, David Davis and uh, Miss Johnston over there, at
0: least they were kneeling down, right? Right. Uh, hands and knees, so they're trying to not be seen, it seems like maybe.
1: And uh, I asked them, if, did you see any of the genitals? <laughs> and, uh, exactly what you want an officer saying to your kid. Yes. Hello. And Did they, you see some gentil- genitals? And they said, yes. I saw the woman's bare butt and the man's penis. <laughs> they further said they could clearly see the man's penis. <laughs> so
0: uh, this guy thinks he's taking as a compliment now. Yeah. You can clearly see my junk from far away on the
1: giant wheel. They even said that they could feel the cart shaking. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was messing up the whole ride and uh, could see both male and female <laughs> moving back and forth. The group said that the couple knew that they were watching and started laughing. Um, I, I I I don't know. It's beyond my comprehension
0: of I, I wouldn't I would have stage for I could not have I could not do this right. I I know some people like the the danger aspect right. of it, but I could not even get into said mood, knowing that others, let alone start laughing and still
1: going on and right. carrying on with the the adventure. I spoke to the couple again. Uh, David denied and said nothing happened. And um, he said, uh, he said, he said, you know, kids know what sex is, so they're probably just making it up. And um, I asked David if he, if he was insinuating the girls seeing him wasn't a big deal because they should know what sex is. He stated, that's not what I meant. <laughs> he then, I mean, he, kids are gonna learn it anywhere, man. David then acknowledged Heather might have, you know, shaken her ass a little bit. <laughs> When she bent over to pick up her cigarettes. And, you know, I can't resist when Heather shakes that stuff. Uh, eventually, the couple did admit they were engaged in sexual intercourse. I advised them they were going to be arrested for public indecency and transported to the Erie County Jail. Uh, the females completed uh, witness statements and are attached here to with. Um, and so there's so there's two adult women and two children who saw this. So now you've got now you've got sexual misconduct with a minor. Oh, God. Um, you know, uh, and they are now sitting in the in the jail. But you're right. Um it's it's interesting that they were proud enough to do it but not claim it. Correct.
0: Yeah, they 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 didn't stop, they started laughing, but they're like, "Oh, that wasn't what happened." And drop I dropped my cigarettes and mm-hmm. he helped me. Just so happened, you know. You know, whenever anyone drops anything, I immediately then go, "Well, my penis needs to be out to <laughs>
1: to help you pick that up." And, don't, and so you're sitting in a gondola, you drop your cigarettes, you just kind of lean and pick them up and put them back where they came from. Correct. Not, you don't stand up, shake your ass, <laughs> get bend that over, over, and then. Ask for help. Yes. <laughs> no, let me help you get the pack of cigarettes. I don't want you to throw your back out.
0: And I think you brought up a great point. We all know exactly what they look like. Oh, yeah. Right. We all have a vision in our mind of what Heather and David look like. And by the
1: <laughs> Yeah, just uh, just don't. It's it's not just <laughs> you sound like you're about to say something else there, but you you, you censored. yourself. Well, because your I,
0: re- I realized that, that the she was Heather Johnson. I thought that her first name I in my mind was a J. So I was like, oh, the H.J. Oh, right, right. And so I was just like, yeah, H.J. going on there with a double D's. It's it's a little H.J. with a double D's. Good, good for you. So that's what it was there. Uh, speaking of the doing of the hibbity dibbity. Johnny, I don't know if uh, you are a subscriber to Discovery Plus, which will be folded into HBO Max, which makes sense for this next show that's going to be debuting this weekend on Discovery Plus. A show simply titled Good Sex. Okay. Um, And in Good Sex, they challenge couples to film their most intimate moments and then review them with a coach to see where they went wrong. When did sex become like game tape? So the the whole premise of the show is these couples are having issues in the bedroom, right? Maybe someone doesn't have as good a libido. Someone's having trouble getting to the promised land. Someone's having trouble, not like David Davis there, where they're you know having trouble getting excited enough for the act to to transpire. So what this show is asking the couple to do is to record themselves and then go on a streaming service with a with a sex coach to break down film.
1: It's been a while for me, Mike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) How how wrong can you get sex? I'm pretty sure you can get it kind of wrong. Really? Yeah, I think you can get it wrong. Okay. Uh, I don't know if to the extent of which you need a game tape breakdown, or, I mean, you may need that, but I don't know if you need to do that in front of an entire streaming audience. But Caitlin V. Neal, who goes just by Caitlin V., is at the heart of the show. She is a sex coach in her 30s. Uh, she says, when we are doing talk-based coaching sessions, I'm asking people to describe in words something that's far beyond our ability to articulate a sexual encounter. Often because people don't have a shared baseline understanding, talking pales in comparison to being able to see that on video. Just just talking about the problems aren't going to fix it.
1: But to your point of the Ferris wheel, even knowing that there's a camera there changes the dynamic, doesn't it? Correct.
0: Right? Don't you put on your best performance then? Are you really helping things? You're going to try your best. Through her workday, she observes as she meets with a range of clients who come to her for help. And we talked about the different issues. Before meeting clients, they're asked to set up cameras in their bedrooms and have sex. Only then can the work really begin. Once again, the idea of filming yourself doing that is much, much more exotic than the actual rewatching of it, right? In theory, it seems like a good idea, but then when you rewatch it, you go, ugh, I don't know. I think that almost, instead of helping the problems, I think it may make people not want to ever do it again once they see what's going on.
1: Uh, you know, kudos to the modern day Larry Flint for the, making this documentary. Under the guise that it's science and helpful, correct. Very correct. The, why are you watching this other than to it just for the voyeuristic thrill of it? Well, hoping sh- you're getting it's, it's like watch It's like that show, Naked and Afraid. For you're hoping at some point something will slip, slip out, out, of the, out of the blur, so you can
0: see the boob, yeah. or so you can see what's going on in the gondola above <laughs> you. Uh, for Caitlin, she says, watching other people's sex tapes doesn't feel weird or invasive. It's about doing her job more thoroughly, not to mention more efficiently. She says, my goal is to find a neutral and compassionate base from which to receive information from them. I want people left with a sense that whatever they're going through in their
1: own intimate lives is normal and there is hope. It's okay All right. to seek help. So Caitlin, the sex therapist, since we're picturing what names look like. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caitlin, the sex therapist, is 58. No, she's in her 30s. Oh, she's in her 30s. All right. Yeah,
0: yeah. Caitlin V, man. Caitlin V. So just for just to give people an idea, if you want to watch this, one particular episode involves Wisconsin couple Erica and Thomas. Uh, they came to Caitlin because Erica was not able to reach the promised land during the hibbity-dibbity with Thomas. Didn't ring the bell. They said when they looked over the tapes... Thomas observed himself and commented, I need to slow down. <laughs> <laughs> Caitlin also noted that within the first few minutes, Erica was, quote, moaning full volume, full force. And I just know that has to be part of her performance for her and not actually response to what's happening. Wow. So he picked
1: up Oh, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. So the so Caitlin V goes. There's no way that it gets there that fast. Caitlin uh, might not have seen the issue if she only had had them describe their sex lives using sure. words. She said since Erica might not have admitted that her moans were fake. So through the session, Erica realized she was still grappling with issues of sexual shame and repression rooted in her strict church upbringing. To help her, she was given homework to examine herself in a mirror in order to become more comfortable with her own sexuality. I still, I, I still don't know if this is a show that needs to actually be,
1: to be quite honest with you. Yeah, this is, this is something you show in the middle of the night on Cinemax. I don't
0: think it really I don't, is. The good, good sex. It's it's not that- a, I love how it's on Discovery. Plus, under, right. to your point, under the guise of, this is actually really scientific stuff we got going on here. I don't think you need to see Erica and Thomas's even yeah. blurred out. I don't know if I need to see you, because it's night vision, it's like weird. Oh, it's gonna be blurred. Yeah, you got you know? those weird laser eyes. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what am I watching? Is that a is that a wolf attacking something? <laughs> like, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, and, and, and you know, if you're in a situation, I, I'm trying to imagine what possible consolation prize this couple gets. For going through this Because this is a very personal thing mm-hmm. There's nothing more personal than what goes on When the lights are out in the bedroom And now you've, you're reaching out for help But some, some sort of crazy compensation here
0: You gotta have something Well I mean I think it's in regard It's basically going up against Netflix has Build a Sex Room Have you seen that, that right. show as well? So Discovery Plus is like, oh, we'll one-up you. We'll actually show a sex tape, but we'll blur it out and then give pointers on what exactly went right or wrong mm-hmm. there. Kind of, Come on, Discovery Plus. Seriously. Nice. I know you're going to HBO Max, but, you know, seriously. Discovery XXX, where it's not blurred out. <laughs> you know there's going to be I one. So. Eventually, there's going to be that. And you can find that in the dark, dark recesses of the internet. And finally, on the Too Good for Radio podcast, we leave you with a heartwarming story. It's about time. Let me introduce you to... I don't know if I can say this after the good sex, Marguerite Peg Collar. <laughs> she is a 99-year-old Pennsylvania woman who just got to meet her 100th great-grandchild. No kidding. Think about that for a moment. 100 great-grandchildren. She is 99 and 100 great-grandchildren. It's a once-in-a-lifetime event for her. Uh, she's also known as grandmom to Christine Stokes Ballster and her husband Patrick Ballster. What really Peg's got <laughs> Ballsters as <laughs> who was absolutely ecstatic Sorry. to greet baby Collar William Ballster uh, after his birth on August fourth. Uh, we went to Grandma's, introduced her to Collar, who was named after the family name Stokes Ballster of Lafayette Hill, told Good morning, Stokes Ballster.
1: <laughs> anyway, long
0: story short, it all goes back to. Uh, old Peg had if there eleven kids
1: in the car right now. Rewind this podcast and start it over because you shouldn't be listening at this. Point. Right, you he should have cut off long ago when David Davis helped
0: uh, old Heather Johnson with their cigarettes. Yeah. That should have stopped right there. So uh, old Peg had eleven kids. All right, let's see. Here's here's the math how we got to one hundred okay. grand, great grandchildren. So Peg had eleven kids. All right, those eleven kids then spawned fifty six grandchildren. Okay. So that's 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 a little over five a kid from eleven to five, and then the fifty-six grandchildren have now spawned the hundred great grandchildren. So at least they're slowing down in the productivity. It went from eleven to fifty-six, and the fifty-six have spawned hundred.
1: So that's slowing just, down a bit. Yeah, but but we're we're also leaving. Out, but it, so there's a hundred great grandchildren. Correct. There's fifty-six grandchildren. Correct. And there's eleven when kids. kids. Yeah. Yes, so so the, now we're now we're at about uh, two. What are we at? Uh, two uh, two sixty seven.
0: Eleven to fifty six to hundred. So yeah, I mean I don't know math, and math is not part of my purview that I'm real good at. <laughs> but you're 156,
1: then you have 167 people spawn just from her. Right. I guess what I, where I'm going to is uh, you're basically sending out a birthday card every other day.
0: You really yeah. are. How does and, she and, and give, do you have to? How does she keep? Uh, she normally you make fun of grand grandmas for giving you yeah. a five dollar check. If she gives every grandkid a five dollar check, that's like two hundred and fifty some bucks that she's yeah. selling out every year. Yeah, that's that's bankrupt. She can't she can't be giving every great grandkid a, no. a check either. She's not even obligated to remember their names. How many great great grandkids does she have? Is that what I want to know? There's got to be a couple of great great grandkids. Right out of the hundred great, hundred of great grandkids, some of those have have to have kids yeah, to get I mean, to the great great grandkids. If she doesn't check out, that's just yeah. that. I'm just, it's just boggling my mind still that one couple spawned mm-hmm. oh, two generations down the line, hundreds of
1: relatives. Yeah. That. Top that, Heather Johnson. Yeah,
0: exactly. You got the, some catching up to do. You got a lot of you got a lot of Ferris wheel sex to have <laughs> before you can get to Peg Collar and the rest of the bolsters. <laughs> Oh, fantastic names there. By the way, Stokes Bolster is a guy I could tell what they look like, too. Hi, I'm Stokes Bolster. I'm in the local country club here. Happy to go see Grandmom. He'll be on
1: Discovery Plus before you know it. (laughs) Good sex with Stokes Stokes (laughs) Bolster and Peg Collar as your host. See, I would listen to that podcast. That would be a podcast. You know what that podcast would be? Mm -hmm. It would be too good for radio. Of course it would be. Thank you for joining us here. It all comes full circle.
0: Yes, it really does. Full circle with with H.J. and Double D. We will see you next week.